Hi, I'm Marshall Ramsey. For years, I've drawn the most interesting people in Mississippi. Now, I get to interview them, too. Welcome to Conversations Podcast, where I sit down with the famous and folks who should be famous, and we just talk. If you love poetry and if you love Mississippi landscapes, we've got the book for you. It's a literary treasure that combines the poetry of Ole Miss professor Ann Fisher Worth with stunning photography by Maude Schuyler Clay. It's simply titled Mississippi. Welcome, Ann and Maude, to the show. It's good to see y'all. book is wonderful, by the way. Thank you. Um, what a great combination of your talents. <laughs> Thank you. How did you end up working together? Well, we have a, we have a stick <laughs> about this, and it's that we were seeing each other at various venues around Oxford and from the bookstore to the cocktail circuit. And uh, we kept saying, you know, hey, let's do a project. And about 10 years went by or close to it and finally ran into Anne one day and she said, are we ever going to do that project? <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, I'll send you some photographs. And that was really the beginning of it. That was like what, about three years ago? Yeah. I don't even know, maybe four. Uh, three, yeah. four years ago. Anyway, I just started sending random photographs, and somehow she found the voices for them. That was how the process went. Yeah. You would get the photograph, and then yeah. you would mm -hmm. write from the photograph. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and your, your imagination is wonderfully deep and wicked, because and, you, <laughs> you were taking things out of some of the photos, out of some of the poems, that I was just like, oh, wow. Well, you know, I just loved the photos so much, and I would kind of look at them and listen and look at them some more, go back to them. There's little PDFs in my email. Yeah. And I knew if I loved a photo, I wanted to find a voice that would tell a story so that I could use the photo. Right. And um, I didn't plan for it to be a book at first, but then, you know, you can't really do anything with just one or two of those. Right. So I was really falling in love with this process, and I thought, okay, it needs to be a book. There needs to be enough to make a book. So that's just how it happened. Yeah, how did you decide on the number? Did you just, you, did you do like 150 and just cut no, it in no. half or what? No, everyone that I did is here. Okay. Um, and it just ended after a while, just kind of organically. It's right. like, okay. Actually, I thought it was done, and then I went to a residency in California, and I wrote the very last poem that is included in the book, which is the poem that's almost at the end of the book, you know, and... It's, it was a matter of listening to voices all the yeah. time, just kind of listening to these voices and seeing what they wanted and to tell me. It was me. a real surprise to me <clears throat> what some of those images had for voices. You know? yeah. um, now I can't, of course, look at any of my yeah. photographs that are in this book without thinking about the poem that goes along with them. But I, somebody very interestingly, and I think playing devil's advocate, said, you know, well, could that work the other way around? Yeah. You know, where you take a poem and you go take a photograph that right. goes with that poem. And I haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, I do book illustrations and that would be very similar to that, except mm -hmm. that, of course, you've got to actually go out and find the physical thing that matches up with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it might be a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Uh, well, I tell everybody that this was really... And Fisherworth's project, and I was just sort of along for the ride. Yeah, I don't agree with that, but yeah, uh, I about to say. But I mean, yeah. she she found the voices, she found the publisher, she did all the the things that were necessary for this book to yeah. happen. And you know, I'm just going along like I always am, driving along the road, you know, <laughs> taking pictures of Delta dogs or whatever. 
there was one poem where it was looking out a window and there was a little figurine of a cow. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you got into a mother's heartbreak out yeah. of that picture. I'm like going, okay. Now, <laughs> so, how did you do that? How did that happen? Yeah. I wrote that one when I was at a residency in France, and mm -hmm. there were these really beautiful Charolais, which are these big, white, milky, sort of beigeish white cows, you know? Yeah. And I would walk along at sunset and look at them. And then I remembered um, seeing cows in New England. And um, I don't know, that cow, it's, I was just kind of thinking like, okay, who would have that little setup in the window of an apple and a cow, and what might her story be? Yeah. And it just kind of just happened, you know? <laughs> Cows led to cows, led to more cows, led to a story. Do you have the whole thing mapped out when you first think of the idea, yeah. or does it just take you on a journey? Yeah, it's very much a journey. Yeah. It's very much a journey. And I mean, there are huge long periods of time when I can't write anything. That's what was so great about this project yeah. is that it stimulated things in my, kind of my unconscious, you know? I go through horrible periods of writer's block. Do you really? I, yeah, I do. See, that's yeah. comforting. Yeah. Because you're very, I mean, obviously you're prolific. You've, you've had a long career. And that's good for anybody that's watching yeah. right now that writes going, oh, wow, then I'm, then I'm normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't, I don't worry about it anymore. I'm just thinking, well, I don't panic when I need to brush my teeth. Yeah. I know eventually I'll think of something. Oh, but well, it is scary when you're remember. beating up against. Sure. The, yeah. I know. On, on the photographs, um, those are taken pretty much all around the Delta or what, what Mostly. areas? Mostly. Around the Delta, um, around Mississippi, uh, and they're not from, you know, any one particular yeah. project. It was just when I said I was sending random photographs, I was not kidding. And <clears throat> she'll attest to this, I'm a total computer zero. <laughs> yes. So, you know, if I could manage to get a file of a photograph and then it would get to her. Yeah. <laughs> and she could open it. It was like, woohoo. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was just a, a lot of things came together. Yeah, you send her a picture of a little bowl of fruit on the top of sheets. Right. She writes a wonderfully romantic, a kind of erotic, and a little bit of real story out of it. I mean, I'm reading this going, wow, okay, this is incredible. <laughs> that's so. a very sexy photograph. Yeah. It's that's like, why would you ever have a little silver cup of fruit in the middle of a tasseled bed? Well, it's got to be right after a very special occasion. So what you're saying, they probably haven't been married a long time? I oh, know they might have been might married have been. a whole long time. That's true. It could have been an anniversary. <laughs> could have been. Yeah. Could have been any anyway, old day. I, I would have never so thought you're, of <laughs> these things. And, but, but now, you know, they just sort of go hand in hand. Yeah. You're, you're just, you just send her the picture and you just can't wait to see what she's going to send back. That's probably how yeah, I would. I'm thinking we might have to do another book just so I can get some more voices from mm. this stuff. I, I do love, you know, on the back right here, of course, it says right by the price, Poetry, photography, environmental literature. Yeah. That's a topic. Well, that's, yeah. uh, that's really Anne's, yeah. one of her hats. Is yeah. She's yeah, explain. In environmental what is studies. Well, so <clears throat> we have an environmental studies program mm -hmm. at Ole Miss, and I direct it. It's just, it's literature that's really seriously thinking about place and about our embeddedness in yeah. place, you know? And I mean, Mississippi... You can't escape the oh, place. Definitely, you know? the environment and the people yeah. both interact mm -hmm. and, and, and the voices. Influence. Yeah, sure. So, I just wanted this to be a really deep kind of inundation in place. Um, you know, the pictures are from the Delta. I don't yeah. really know the Delta that well, mm -hmm. which in a way was handy because then I couldn't identify. I couldn't say, "Oh, that's so and so." Do you know? Right. And mm -hmm. so it was sort of more free floating in terms of 
evocativeness or beauty. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think that, I mean, and I'm not from Mississippi. I've lived here 30 years. And that's another thing I want to say is- yeah, You're a newcomer. Yeah, I, I didn't feel that I had the right to yeah. appropriate Mississippi voices without a kind of mediary right. um, of the photography. You know, I'm not sure mediary is a word, but a kind of mediation. Um, sort of hearing the voices through the photographs. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I've been hearing them around me all the time. Do you know? Right. Yeah. And you do a wonderful job writing in the different <laughs> voices of the people. That was fun because I yeah. mean, that's one thing I love about Mississippi is the oral culture. Yes. You know? It's just amazing, the voices and the accents and the idioms and the dialects and so on. I understand why Bill Ferris had such a good time yeah. for so many years because yeah. it really yeah. is fascinating. Talk about a true pioneer. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a one-trick pony when it comes to place, but, um, you know, it's just amazing to me that, that all these voices came from the images that I've worked on for years, you know? Well, I mean, you, caught, you, you could feel love, you could feel hope, you could feel fear, you know? I mean, and, and like I said... And, regret. And then, right. You know, you could feel just about everything. Miss Physical Process. Yeah. Where did you come up with Miss Physical <laughs> Process as a yeah, pageant name? Yeah, we were name? in, um, oh gosh. That just made me laugh out loud. I know. We were in uh, Greenville mm -hmm. at the bookstore, and the um, homecoming parade was going by. And I swear there was Miss Physical Processes. It's like wow. all the cars with all the, you know, yeah. Miss Third Runner-Up cooking, you know, or whatever, whatever, whatever. And there was one that said Miss Physical Processes. And I thought, how completely mortifying to be a teenage girl and be called Miss Physical Processes, whatever that is, you know? Yeah, the, you so had that moment of that winning and then you realize what you've won. Yeah, well, it was probably, I don't know, some science prize or something, I would imagine. I would think so. You know? Yeah, there probably was a Mechanics really... Mechanics or something. It was a real honor, I'm it sure. It was, for It's just sure. for, for the uninitiated for like sure. me, I'm like, what, what could that <laughs> I be? I know. Could... And of course, teenage girls are all about physical processes, mm. you know? I, I'm way out of that. Yeah. I would have no idea. I have three boys. Not having so, been one. Yeah. I meant that and I have three yeah. boys too, so over my head a little bit. Um, the underage drinking poem on there, the photograph on that of the cat. I love oh, that. Now, you have taxidermy in your house. That's was, my living room. See, <laughs> so, she she so, says, you know, these things didn't have particularly any meaning to her, and that's why she was able to yeah. search and find voices. But Every one of my photographs has a story. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that cat in the top hat, which was from my father's era in, you know, like the 1920s and 30s, um, I don't know. That one just, I see that thing every day. And then one day the light was really perfect. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, I'll send this yeah. crazy picture to Anne, you know, never knowing what was going to hit her target but it turned into a it turned into a great <laughs> yeah. poem but i have to admit i did yeah. see that cat in my nightmares for a couple of nights uh, yeah. too it's like oh well, my it's got a bird in his paw no, this yeah. is a different cat. no i'm talking oh, about the stuffed cat this is like oh. the bobcat the you know he's like like yeah, that's the, you know that's yeah. the he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a, a um well top if, hat or anything. if you if you if you had the full picture of that you would see that he was appropriately dressed oh, okay. okay uh in his paw the taxidermist has put either a pigeon or a dove 
and he's just caught this bird. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So okay. I'm sorry I didn't send you the full I know. Full this is good. Picture. I just had the profile. This great <laughs> yeah, profile. Yeah, the cat, the cat looks like he's in great angst, yeah. you know, just from well, the... That was more or less a portrait of uh-huh. that uh-huh. cat That's in the cool. hat. I love the cat. <laughs> And you grew up all over the world. I did. Literally, your dad mm-hmm. was in the army. Your mom was an English teacher. Um, you got to live in Japan. You said the last time you were on television, yeah, you, I was nine. You I were was nine? doing Japanese fan dancing. Yeah, nice. And we unfortunately don't have a tape of that. No, thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> my, I was very chubby. My sister and I were both in these little kimonos with our two friends who were in our Japanese dancing class. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it was pretty basic. But we got to go on the bus into Tokyo and, you know, spend the day and get filmed. How amazing that was. Yeah, it was really fun. I still remember it. I still remember it. Were you writing at an early age, or is this something that... I was. I was writing a mystery novel based on Nancy Drew at that point. And it was about triplet criminals. Yes, and they were hard to catch because they could be <laughs> they, in three places at the same time. At the same time. <laughs> Can't trust triplets. They all like. Well, they were identical triplets. <laughs> they were bank robbers and jewel thieves. I knew there was something suspicious yeah. about triplets. Yeah, so now, and now. Um, it was set on an army ship coming back from Japan. So, you know, I liked my technology, like uh, the squawk box and the boom box. and. Yeah. <laughs> That's really bad. But, I, I mean, you, you took a creative writing class, and you got a B plus. And I you're did. Like, you're, oh, gosh, how did you know that? Uh, it's all over the oh, internet. Oh, my gosh, I know. Yeah, don't and tell I your students, figured, so. Forget it. I hung it. You know, hang it up. Yeah. Can't believe everything on the internet. I know. Really? Oh, wow. I know. But at least social media is true, right? Yeah. Well, kind of. The parts that we're all editing about how wonderful we are on Facebook. Yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. teaching America how to spell narcissism. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Seriously. You were born here. You were born in the Delta. You moved away. You went to New York and, and did a lot mm. of and what? I want to ask you why you came here, but why, what okay. brought you back? Oh, that's really complicated. Um, I lived in New York about... 13 years and I was pregnant and I came home to have this baby and kind of found out my mother was dying and I just thought, you know, I'm not sure I can go back to New York with this baby and mama leaving so soon. So I just basically never went back. You know, we we visited a lot and kept that place in New York for years, but I, I never really lived full-time in New York yeah. after Anna was born. You figured you'd come back where the heart was. Yeah, and all my work was here anyway. Yeah. You know, I was coming uh, between jobs, <laughs> vacations, Christmas, everything. Uh, all my work was really here. So it just sort of became a permanent situation. And then the house that I grew up in that my grandparents built in Sumner around 1911 um, was not going to be lived in. And, you know, it just seemed like, hey, here's a good opportunity to to go back to the Delta and see how this is going to work out. Well, you know, Almost 30 years later. It's still working. It's still working out. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And what That's brought great. you here? English department. Very good. So yeah. you're just like, hey, job opening, Ole Miss, why yeah. not? I'll give yeah. it a try. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, it was a, it, it's a wonderful English department. And Ray Mavis had just recently given excellence money to yeah. build it up, you know. Um, Greg Shermer was the chair then. And 
he just was the most wonderful administrator. So I came down for a job interview and um, had a really wonderful experience getting here when the guy driving me got lost in a snowstorm and ended up way down by Potts Camp, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, that's a long story, so I can't tell it, but it was great. It made me fall in love with it because mm-hmm. it was so weird, you know? Yeah. Um, and we came driving up university at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, there's Benji's courthouse, you know? <laughs> um, but it's just, uh, it's the English department that brought us. And then we bought the house that Richard and Lisa had owned. Mm-hmm. And um, just immediately felt so kind of welcomed by the university and by the bookstore and gradually got to know people. And so here we are. One of the beauties of living in Oxford is we end up getting a wonderful book out of it because yeah. you guys kept bumping into each other <laughs> saying, we ought to do a book. And speaking of the book, I think this would be a good time. I'd really like you to read some of some sure, of the I'd poems from it. I'd be love great. to. Okay, so here's the foreword that it kind of explains my thinking. Okay. In her recent memoir, The Faraway Nearby, environmental writer Rebecca Solnit writes, a place is a story, and stories are geography, and empathy is first of all an act of imagination, a storyteller's art, and then a way of traveling from here to there. Mississippi, where I've lived for the past 30 years, suffers from severe environmental degradation that can't be separated from its history of poverty and racial oppression. Yet the state also possesses great natural beauty and a rich and complex culture interwoven from the many voices that have made up its identity. Mississippi, the book, explores both this degradation and this beauty. I've come to understand these poems as explorations of voice in its Mississippi plenitude and variety. Recently on Facebook, somebody snarkily commented that though we hear people say things like, not good, and acts, that's not English. I completely disagree. I honor the voices no matter whose they are, both white and African-American. I love the rich orality of Mississippi culture, and I've tried to express it. To write these poems, I listen to the voices, and I listen to Maud's photographs. Out of silence, the poems emerge. So I'll read, actually, the second poem that I ever wrote that was in response to this gorgeous photograph. Excuse me. And the photograph is of a boat that belonged to a good friend Mm -hmm. of Maud's who had recently died. Mm -hmm. Between two worlds, the soul floats. Nothing remains but purple flowers smeared across the trees. A silver boat tucked in against the bank. The fecund pond, like greenish velvet. Splotches of light, the whole known world. Hollow that boat, empty. But be still, almost as if you could walk on the water. I was in France, and I just love this photograph of the bayou with the little white bird. And I thought, okay, I really need to write a poem for this, but I don't know what to say. So I looked up heron. I thought it was a heron. Looked up heron on the internet, and it said that the heron is the Egyptian messenger bird from the gods. So this is a poem in a man's voice, African-American voice. The heron, he come from beyond like a messenger bird. He stand hours fishing in the one spot. I wonder what he be thinking he be like my grandpa back in the day. Grandpa stand hours fishing in the one spot. 
Never could tell what he'd be thinking. I think why that one really resonated with, I was sitting there running the other day and there was a heron that was standing there and he just stood there and nice. he didn't even flinch when I ran past him. And I was thinking, what's That's going on? That's right off the bridge in the, in the heart of the town of Sumner, Mississippi. Is it really? I mean, it looks like some exotic locale. Yeah. But I thought it might be the suburbs, but it's it's right there no, in the middle of downtown. It's right there That's just so Sumner. amazing because it's so pretty. Yeah. It's yeah. so beautiful. It's it so wild, you know. So <clears throat> the next one is about the dog. Maud, of course, has a whole book called Delta Dogs, yes. and here's another dog. Um, Where's that? He's following along. Oh, I, I'll <laughs> find it. No, that's yeah. yeah, he knows. And um, Delta dog, so we yeah. have sons, and for a while, our sons all the time were saying, you know what I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, I'm going out now, you know yeah. what I mean. I'm like... I don't know what you mean. Okay, so this is dedicated to them, although they would never treat a dog this way. Had me a dog once, deep chest, brindle coat. By the looks of it, a fine, strong dog, but the damn dog won't hunt. Would just stand there looking at me. And I don't need to be feeding no dog that won't hunt. You know what I mean? Cute when they come off the mama, but they got to have that inclination. Give them a season. It don't work out. Leave them behind. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a poignant story yeah. right there. Yeah, because when we came to Mississippi, there were so many abandoned dogs yeah. and yeah. cats They're still on the everywhere. Still. I see them. Yeah, fewer, but because um, now we have the Humane Society, but still, it just was heartbreaking. So the next one is dedicated to this weather, yes. page 16. Yeah, good old Mississippi. These August afternoons, even the candles melt. Dear God, I shape them again with my hands. Stay there. But the wax just sweats and oozes there on the mantle next to Mama's painting. Sometimes I lie on the floor's wide planks, too tired, too listless to move as all day the sun swims from right to left across the window. Once, when she was dying, Mama saw a dog, or thought she saw a dog beneath the pecan trees in the rain. It turned toward her, she said, and then it disappeared. Mostly she slipped in and out, in and out, and deeper. Wow. So that's for both of our moms, I think. Well, we've got time for one more. Okay, I'll read the last one. Sounds um, like a deal. Page 70. The photograph, though, shows the candles, and they're all doing this yeah. on that. And I've, I've just laughed. I remember pulling the Christmas candles out of the attic last year, and they looked like oh, they'd yeah. been through a nuclear yeah. blast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Well, yeah, melted candles in Mississippi. I think everybody pretty well knows Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I grew up in Berkeley. This mm -hmm. is on page 70. And this is as autobiographical as anything gets in the book, although I kind of cheated about the <laughs> amount of time that I've lived here. I actually did see this happen, and it was just amazing for me. 35 years we've lived in Mississippi. Today, listening to the radio, my husband tells me Dylan is 75 today. First time I heard him, Baez pulled his scrawny ass on stage to sing Blowing in the Wind, maybe Hattie Carroll, at the Berkeley Folk Music Festival, where Lightning Hopkins dragged a straight-back wooden chair to a single mic 
and in that summer of snarling dogs on the end of chains and fire hoses that I'd watch every night on TV and vow never, never, never to live in the South. Hopkins sang, I'm going to walk with the Prince of Peace down by the riverside, down by the riverside. And, and yet here you are. And here I am. That's right. Yeah. It was the, the photograph that, that inspired it was a really kind of a misty, foggy morning. Right out Look my at, front door, Cassidy Bayou. Well, you call it a bayou, probably. Yeah. We call it a bow. A bow? Yeah. <laughs> Cassidy Bow. Um, so would a flood be an irritable bow syndrome? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, you should terrible. say that for your cohort, Kevin. Yeah. Um, that photograph it was just, you know kind of the way it looks out um, on the Cassidy yeah. and the fogs come and go. The, the more, most famous, I think, photograph that I ever took is called Dog, Dog in the Fog, yeah. and it's on the cover of the Delta Land book. That's, and Barry Hannah put it on uh, Yonder Stands Your Orphan, his book, which I was so, so proud of. But, you know, these rare fogs come mm -hmm. up from time to time. And, but I never realized that they had anything to do with Bob Dylan or Lightning Hopkins. Well, you know, I didn't either. <laughs> but I needed, that was the one poem that I wrote before I had a photograph for it. And I, I really wanted to include that poem mm -hmm. because I remember, I mean, how special was that hearing Lightning Hopkins when I was like a kid, do you know? Um, and then driving through the Delta one day with Peter, my husband, and he said, you know, Dylan just turned 75. And I'm like, okay, Mississippi, Delta, blues. Do you know, first time I heard the blues. And I needed to find a photograph that would be um, like deep into the past that way, the way fog takes mm -hmm. you deep into the past and into the way you know things, but you don't clearly see them, do you know? Mm -hmm. But do you know, you talk about images of turmoil, and yet there's so much peace. That's such a beautiful. Mm -hmm. So much peace in that Yeah, photograph. sure. And so much peace in that song. Yeah. Gonna walk with the Prince of Peace. The book is Mississippi. Thank y'all for joining us today. It's, Thank this, you. This Thank has you been so wonderful, and the book is fantastic. Thanks. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Thanks for listening today. Subscribe to this podcast to be updated on new episodes. Conversations is produced by Mississippi Public Broadcasting.